Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. You may have your seats tonight, amen. Praise the Lord. Give me a moment. I'm going to open up a bottle of water. But if you guys have your Bibles, you can open them up to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you guys for, for having me. I want to thank God for Pastor Kevin. Amen. Uh, also, Pastor Jerry. Pastor Kevin is very special to me. Um, I've known Pastor Kevin for quite some time now. Uh, he was my professor. He was, uh, right, he counseled me during my time of the bachelor's degree. And I, I know that uh, also in our church, amen, we have a few guys that are about to take their bachelor's degree. Getting into that mode, amen, and I thank God for that because um, if it wasn't for your pastor, I'm not sure I would have gotten my bachelor's. Uh, the phone calls, uh, c being able to call them and, and text them whenever I needed something done, uh, he was able to help me out. And then also Pastor Jerry, like you said, uh, we were home directors together, amen. And, and tonight I, I want to give you greetings on behalf of our, our regional pastor, uh, my pastor, Pastor Augie Barajas. Uh, he told me to tell you hello and thank you guys for having us here. And so you're in a good place. Everybody say you're in a good place. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's never a better place to be on a Friday night than in the house of the Lord. Amen. Come on, give Jesus some good praise for that. First Kings chapter 19. Amen. I want to thank God also for my salvation. I've been saved um, like 17 years, almost 18 years. Amen. I, I'm a father of four. I've been married 16 years. Amen. And, and God has been good to me. And and how many know we serve a good God? Everybody say all the time. He's good all the time. Amen. All right, here we go. First Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 3. Everybody there? The Bible reads, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have made, and then he says, I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under a tree, and he fell asleep. Let me read that again. While he himself went down a day's journey into the desert, he came into a broom tree sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, and I am no better than my ancestors. I want to title this message, Show Up. Look to the person next to you and say, Show Up. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we come before we thank you tonight, God. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to come into your house, my God, and worship you and praise you. We already thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that's in this place, God. And we pray that you'll continue to move upon our hearts and our minds. Open up our hearts right now, God. If there's still something in the way, God. If there's still something disturbing us and not allowing us to focus totally on your kingdom, God. We pray that you will remove it right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. We plead the blood of the Lamb upon our lives, my God. And I pray also that you would use me as your mouthpiece tonight, God. Help us to listen to the voice behind the voice, my God. And we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says... Look to the person next to you say, show up. 
And that word show up means to be plainly evident. To be plainly evident, to show up. Amen. And here I want to talk to you about a time when I was in junior high and it is no secret that I'm a short guy, right? And so there was always these times where I had these bigger guys wanting to beat me up for some reason. I was always, look, they were always looking to bully me for some reason. Finally, there was a time where I said, look, even though I'm afraid and even though I'm scared, I'm not going to back down from this big guy. If he comes up to me, man, I'm, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation where it calls you to show up? Despite of your fear, despite of something that you may not think you may make it, but you made a decision to show up. Maybe you didn't even want to be here tonight, but you made a decision to still come to the house of the Lord to see what you can get and what God has for you. And that's why you're here. And so I remember that I was afraid and the guy says, look, and I told him, look, I'm not going to be afraid of you. I, well, if you want to get down, we're going to get down. We're, we're going to fight, man. That, that's evident. I've had enough of you. So he looks at me and he says, all right. Meet me, meet me at the park after school. And I'm like, all right. This was like at a, a, a nutrition. So you still have several periods. And through the process, through, through that time, I was scared and I was sweating. I'm like, man, this guy's going to beat me up. He's so much bigger. He's this, he's that. And, but still there was something that I had to reach deep down inside of all the fear, of all my complexes, of everything that, that any, any individual regular mind would think of. And for every reason, Obeka, I decided to step up. And I showed up to the park 3 o'clock and I said, here I am. And guess what? You know what? That God gave me the victory even then because when I showed up, the guy said, look, man, you know what? I don't want to fight you. Just by you showing up, man, it shows that you have heart. And you know what? You're, you're a good guy. And all of a sudden, everything started changing up. And I was like, hey, that's right. That's right. You don't want none, right? They say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But the point is this, guys, is that Have you ever been in a situation where you had to show up? Have you ever been there? You maybe be there right now. The question, have you ever been in a situation where you've been challenged to show up to something? Maybe in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage, in your relationship, and you don't know whether you're coming or whether you're going, and you're the trials of life because you don't live for yourself, but you live for the other. How about in a relationship, maybe your family, or maybe there's a sickness within your body that you've been saying, God, I've been feeling sick, and there's something wrong with your body, within your high blood pressure, whatever it is. You may be having diabetes, and there's something that happens that you may be sick, but you still decide to show up to the house of the Lord despite of your situation. How about past trauma? PTSD. Hello, somebody, right? Some of us were still hiding behind things. You're not even on drugs anymore. You're still picking out your window when God has delivered you. You're still tripping. Man, somebody's here to get me and all this other stuff because we suffer from PTSD. Some of us, we suffer trauma and we carry that into the house of the Lord. When God has told you that you've been set free by the power of God, you have been delivered. God has called you to separate you and he's giving you the liberty and the freedom that he says he's giving you. But you got to step into it. Maybe you suffer from depression. 
Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe you're struggling financially. And I know, and we were just talking about the cost of living. We understand the finances and all these struggles that happen. And that's probably something that is a dagger in your heart and your walk. And you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know how you're going to make the rent. You don't know how you're going to. Have you ever been there? I'm talking about showing up tonight. I'm talking about serving the Lord. I'm talking about despite of your situation, being able to step out of yourself and step into the things of God. Because it's something that when you step out for God and when you take care of God's business, he begins to take care of your business. We serve a God that is faithful even when we're unfaithful. How many know our God shows up every single time? I see Israel had turned their back on God at this time, worshiping false gods. The Lord has summoned Elijah to go and speak to Israel and have them turn their hearts back to the Lord. During this process, Elijah had individuals that were not happy with him. In other words, he had haters. Have you ever had haters? I don't know. Is this Inglewood? You ever heard that song, Inglewood is always up to no good? Is that just me? Was I the only one? I said, man, we're going to Inglewood. Yeah, that's, that's the play, right? Have you ever... You ever got haters? Even in, the Christ, even in Christianity. They, they, they may even be sitting behind you. Oh, I'm not, did I just say that? It don't happen here. It just happens in our church, amen. When you begin to step out for God, when God blesses you, when God begins to do things in your life, you have those people all of a sudden, oh, look at all of a sudden she's looking all right, got their cheekbones back. Oh, Elijah had haters because he was stepping off for the Lord. In fact, there was a, na- a woman named Jezebel that was killing the Lord's prophets. And at this point, both Ahab and Jezebel were searching for Elijah to kill him and destroy the works that God has established. See, Israel was also suffering from a drought and famine. Elijah had to show up because the Lord had called them to. He called them to go to Israel. Elijah was wanted by God. He also had to deal with the problem head on. Ahab was an issue for for Elijah. And then the battle of the gods, you know that famous story when when, when the false prophets called upon their God and and Elijah called upon his God and and, and, and their gods didn't show up, but, but the God of heaven. The God of the creator and the the creator of the heavens and earth, that's the God that showed up. And, and because of that, he was able to destroy the false prophets. And what happened is that there was a move of God that took place. And because that happened, he, had a, he, he slaughtered the false prophets and he called upon God to end the drought. Amen? Amen? Elijah, the man of God, responded to the call of God. God out of himself and stepped into the realm of God's miraculous power. Went into the place that was not welcoming. Dealt with the face and the problem head on. Destroyed the works of the enemy and called upon upon God to end the famine upon Israel. That's what Elijah was called to do. How about you tonight? You're You're not here just because. You're not here just because you had nothing else to do on a Friday night. You could have stood home and watched Netflix. Whatever it is that you could, you, there was so many other things that you could have done. But I want you to know that we don't serve a God of mistakes. We don't serve a God that just brings you for no reason. He brings you because he wants you to hear something. There's something that is being said tonight that you're feeling a tug in your heart, man. And that's the Holy Spirit. 
And you may say, man, why am I here and this? Look, when I came to church, I, didn't, I came to church just because to keep my word. If you're part of a, if you come from the gang lifestyle, you know that your word is everything. So I gave my word to somebody. I said, look, I told him I was going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. But that was a Holy Ghost setup. That was 17, 18 years ago when I stepped into the church. I sat right in the back where some of you are and God put me right in the front 18 years later preaching the gospel. If you had told me that I was going to do what I'm doing tonight, I would have left that door and said, man, forget. You guys are nuts. You guys are being brainwashed. But how many know some of us, we need a brainwashing? The brainwashing of the Spirit of God. The brainwashing of the blood of Jesus upon our lives to break the addictions and the captivity of the enemy upon our lives. See, I want to bring an observation that this would be a good place to, and a time for Elijah to say, man, I'm a man of God. I had just did all that for the Lord. I stepped out. God has given me the victory. The people surely know that I'm a messenger of the Most High. The people surely should respect me. Surely Ahab and Jezebel would think twice before trying to come against me once again. That would have been a perfect moment for, for Elijah to say, you know what? I got it together. Man, I, God gave me the victory, man. I came into Israel and turned everybody back to the Lord. We, did, we dealt with all the false prophets, man. We ended the drought and everything, and, and, and for sure, God got my back, and everybody knows it. Elijah could have probably had that attitude. That wasn't the case. In fact, the Bible states that Ahab went and told Jezebel that Elijah, what Elijah had done. And what happened is that he stirred up Jezebel against Elijah by pointing out the slaughter of the false prophets, and she sent him a message, a message of death. Elijah, Elijah was once again being pursued. Imagine that. Imagine what was going through Elijah's mind. Have you ever, have you ever been in a place? And how many of you guys been serving the Lord for a while? Raise your hands. I just need, I need to see this. I need to see how many people you've been serving God. You've been serving God three months, six months, a year, fifteen years, twenty years, and how many know that it's not easy? It's not a walk in the yellow brick road. It's not all grave. It's not. It, it, in fact, it's difficult. Because anybody can do the wrong thing, but it takes a man and a woman of God to do the right thing. To be able to stay on track, to be able to stay on the narrow road. Anybody can go in a, in a way where it, you get what I'm saying? It's, 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 easy to do, it's easy to do the world thing, but it's how many know it takes a man of, and a woman of integrity to be able to, under the power of the Holy Spirit, to walk with the Lord every single day. That takes courage. See, imagine what Elijah was going through. He was probably going through a mind of defeat. I just showed up for God. I was obedient to God. I've been faithful in his service. His mind was probably full of trouble. And he had to run for his life once again. Elijah was so disturbed and discouraged that he just plainly lays down under a bush a brush and praise to the Lord. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Question is, have you ever been in a situation where you showed up for God and you've been faithful and you stepped out by faith and you believe him at his word? But how many know there's always buts? Everybody say but. 
You just find yourself struggling. Right? You gave your life to the Lord and you, you're saying, man, you know what? I'm going to get committed. But it seems like every time you step up for God, there's always an enemy right there. Doesn't happen here? I don't know what happens to these guys. <coughs> right? We serve, an, we serve a God, but I want you to know that there's an enemy. And he's a chess player. Every time you make a step for God, he's going to try to enter, he's going to try to counterattack that. Every time you say, you know what, I'm going to pay my tithes, he's going to try to come and tell you the bill can't get paid. Every time you're trying to work on your marriage, he's going to tell you it's not going to work out. Every time you've been praying for your kids and they're still out there struggling and saying, this is never going to happen. You don't hear me though. There's things that you've been praying for. There's things that you've been looking for. There's things you've been seeking for. And the enemy's taunting you and he's lying to you and he's saying, man, this is not going to happen. That's far-fetched, man. You can't buy a house, man. You can't do this, man. You're gonna, you're, God's not going to restore your marriage. God's not going to bring your kids. And the devil lies to you. You find yourself struggling. The battle's intense. There is doubt and uncertainty about where you find yourself tonight. What do you do when things get intense? What do you do when you feel that you're being pursued by the enemy? I want you to know tonight that all you have to do is to continue to show up to the house of the Lord. I want you to know that in the house of the Lord, there's safety. In the house of the Lord, there's a family unit. There's brothers and sisters who really genuinely care for you. You may be struggling, and sometimes our mind goes crazy. Sometimes we give the devil way too much credit. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. You know our mind plays tricks on us? You know that dog chasing its own tail? Right? You're saying, man, the devil had me doing this and the devil had me doing that. And the devil's simply kicking back with a toothpick in his mouth, telling God, God, I had nothing to do with this thing. They're doing all bad by themselves. Because sometimes we are our own critics. Sometimes we're too bad on ourselves. But God says, man, I delivered you already. Man, let go of that baggage that I, I set you free from. Why you continue picking that thing up? Man, I've called you to serve me. I've called you to, to, to do some work for me. I, I called you to be a part of the youth ministry. I called you to be part of the worship team. I called you to be a good father, a good mother, a good grandmother, a good... Man, God has called you to serve in the house of the Lord. He doesn't just want uh, to, for you to be tra transformed. He wants you to become a disciple. And how many know that in order for that, how many know it takes a process? Everybody say process. In verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah was banished from Israel. He wasn't wanted. He wasn't accepted. The process that God has, has us going through can be challenging. Could bring out the best in us, but also can bring the worst out in us. Either way, it's a process in order for us to become greater individuals that will at one point give God glory. You know, our life is to give God glory. It's to give him. You know why he saved some of us, man? And some of you guys may have been good and educated and all that stuff. But I come from the lifestyle of gangs, of drug addiction, of a broken family, a fatherless, man, a mom that was on drugs. And we used to take care of our own kids, man. We used to get physically beaten, man. And I come from a broken family. I needed Jesus. I needed a miracle within my life. There was no sense. There was no direction. There was no purpose within my life. I needed Jesus. 
There was nothing that I could do that would bring, that would, that, it was a process, man. It was a, a challenging because I, I know that I didn't just get saved so that I could be in my right mind. I got saved so that I can do a work for God. So I can raise up my children in the things of the Lord. Where I can, when I can, I can use my kids to, what, to further the kingdom and, and grow the church and, and let them reach people that I can reach so I can preach the gospel. So I can disciple men and women for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ so that what? So that more Danny's that can come out of the gangs and my son right here Isaiah is going to be 18 years old this month this year on, on December 18th I shouldn't even be here I should be six feet deep or in prison for the rest of my life but I want to stand today letting you know that I have a young man, my son, who I adore and I love very much and I cherish, man, that I invest so much time, I invest so much money, I invest so much because, and it's nothing that I, he's doing this all by himself, guys. I'm not telling him what to do. I'm not giving, I'm not pumping vision in him. He's doing it all by himself. He knows what he's called to do. He knows what he wants to do. And guess what? He wants to be a doctor. He wants to be a brain surgeon. He's... Come on, somebody. That's, that's, you got to give God glory for that. Here I am, an ex-gang member, man, who, was, who the purpose and vision was to be a, 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 a mafia a individual that, that was stuck in, in destroying lives with no purpose. And, and, and God came and he saved me. He took me out of my misery. He took me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon a rock. <laughs> he gave me a purpose. So it's not just for me, but it's for others. You're not here for yourself. You're here for the, the city of Inglewood, of Lennox, and all these areas that need the calling of God upon their lives. Listen, you're not here just to do not, nothing. You're here to put your hands to the plow. You're here to, to, to roll up your sleeves and say, what can I do for the kingdom of God? It's not what can the church can do for me, but what can I do for the church? It's a process. And I want to let you know that some of us, man, it's a process in order for us to become greater individuals that at one point will give God glory in our marriage. Glory, in, 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 we, he, wants to take, he wants to deal with that doubt that we have. Some of you are here and you're doubting the message. You're doubting the, the God that we serve. You're doubting your potential. You're doubting your calling. Why? Because the enemy has crept into your mind and he wants to deliver you. And you're, you're suffering from depression and no one knows it. You act like you're okay. You act like everything's all right around people. But when you go home, you sit there and you're contemplating certain things in your mind that you can't do it. That God... I guess that doesn't happen here, but where I come from, man, Victor Arch Eagle Rock, there's people that are suffering from depression. There's suicidal thoughts that are happening, and God will deliver them. God will, that's why God brought them to us so, what? so that we can love them. We can give them a purpose. I know Eagle was no different from Eagle Rock. Maybe you suffered from a death from a loved one. Your finances, sickness, and fear, God wants to deal with that. God wants to give you the victory over whatever situations. And there's certain things that you're battling. There's certain things that you're facing that no, the person next to you don't know about. Ooh, you didn't think I was going to go there, huh? You know that secret stuff? That stuff that no one knows about? That stuff that you look okay in the outside, but you're rotten in the inside? 
Those are the things that I'm talking about. Those are the things that no man can help you with. Those are the only things that God can, can reach into you, man, deep down inside of your heart and your soul and deliver you from. And it's a process. Everybody say a process. Isaiah 43, 19 says, I see I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You got to get that scripture right there. It says that God is making a way in the wilderness. In a place where you think that there is no path. In a place where you think there is not, you, there is not, you're, living, you're sitting in a place of death within you. There is no vision. There is no purpose. There is no dreaming. And the Bible says that in the midst of that, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your trial, God can give you a breakthrough. And he can break you out of that situation. And he can do something for you in the wilderness. That excites me. That gets me pumped up. I feel like doing some push-ups right now. Everybody say, show up. Secondly, as God will meet the need. In verse 4 through 8, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. An example, when I first got saved, we struggled. We only had my son. And I didn't want to sell drugs anymore. And we needed finances and food and transportation, my marriage, you know. I was an animal. With my wife. I didn't know how to be a husband. Right? My family. There was times where we didn't have nothing to eat. There was times where we would, <laughs> we would get a bag of Funyuns and we cut up the weenies and stir them together and put them in a tortilla. Burrito. But I didn't want to go back to selling drugs. If this is what God provided for me, then this is good enough. And guess what? Maybe I didn't like it then, but now that I look back, all I see is God's provision. I might have complained there. I might have not liked it there. But now I can testify that my God was always good to me. Because understanding comes later. You may say, well, why do I have to continue coming to worship practice? Why, why do I have to continue serving? Why do I have to continue coming on Wednesday night and Friday night and Sunday? Why? Because you've been called to. We heard a powerful message earlier when we were coming about a lame man that was standing on the gates. He couldn't do anything for he was crippled. And Peter came and, and he, was, he, he, he was able to, to lift him up. And how many know some of us, we need help sometimes? Right? And it's okay to need help, but there's a time where you got to stand for yourself. Amen? And there's something about, that he was talking about the difference between church folk and lame folk. Or ex-lame folk. Because church folk, it's hard to get you to praise the name of Jesus. It's hard to get you to come and serve in the house of the Lord. But it's those who have suffered some type of lame in your walk. 
When you struggle with drug addiction, when you have some type of hurting in your life, when you know that God rescued you from something, man, that no man, no one else can do something for, when you know when God stepped into the picture, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the lanes where you come in and you don't care what situation you may be facing, man. When the sister's worshiping, you're lifting your hands, you're worshiping God. Why? Because you know and you're grateful for what God has done in your life. He's delivered you. He came through for you. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm an ex-lame. I'm not a lame guy. But I was crippled. And maybe you're walking crippled. Maybe you're walking with a limp. And it's okay, but all you got to do is just keep walking. And your limp is going to go forward. It's going to go straight. Sooner or later, you're going to stop limping. God's going to heal that leg. God's going to heal that situation within your life. God wants you to serve in the house of the Lord. And the reason why I'm talking about this message is because sometimes we don't want to serve in the house of the Lord because you think that because you're an individual that struggles that God can use you. I want you to know that it takes a process for some of you, for some of us to continue doing the work of God. And I want you to know that God loves you. God doesn't judge you like that. He knows who you are. That's why he separated you. He doesn't trip on that. He sees the finished product. He sees the pastor. He he sees the director. He sees the evangelist. He sees the marriage man. He knows your struggles. He knows your sacrifice. He knows the struggles that you go through. And he wants you to continue rolling up your sleeve. He wants you to get involved into the ministry. Because why? You can't do it alone. Sometimes ministry is the thing that's going to change you. In the process, God will touch your mind. In the process, God will touch your heart. In the process, God will deal with every situation. But the thing about it is that you got to show up. You got to come to church. You got to get plugged into the life groups. You got to come into the Bible studies. You got to come to prayer on Wednesday nights. You got to come on a Friday night. You got to pack this place out. You got a beautiful building. You got a beautiful sanctuary. This place has potential to impact the city of Inglewood at a greater dynamic, at a greater place than you ever experienced before. You got good leaders. You got a good pastor. How many know the vision continues in Inglewood? See, it doesn't feel good. It drives you reach deep down inside. It puts you in a location where you can only look up, only towards God. I remember I was facing three life sentences. Guys, don't look at me like that. I was facing three life sentences, and I remember that, that I was in a one-man cell, and I remember saying, God, there's, my friends can't help me. My mom definitely can't help me. No one can bring me out of these bars. No one can, and it only, it was in a place, in a place of solitude where I can only look towards the Lord. And, and mind you, I thought I was the devil himself. Destroying lives, doing what I was doing, man. But in that moment, man, how many know that there's a place inside of us that automatically determines and looks towards the Lord? You ever thought of that? There's people around in the world that I'm walking and I just hear Jesus Christ. They're, but they're complaining about something, but they're saying Jesus Christ. You ever heard that? Like, they're saying Jesus Christ. I'm like. There's something inside that automatically tunes us into the Lord. And there's places in your life where only, they're only going to make you look towards the Lord. No one else can help you. And it's in those places where God tries and he deals with you and he, and he puts something out. of he, he wants you to dig, dig deep down inside and bring it out and give it to the Lord. Because the battle is not yours, but it's his. Elijah was in a place of distress and God still came through. 
No matter what our situation may be, no matter where you may find yourself tonight, I want you to know that we serve a God that is faithful, a God that comes through, and a God that doesn't leave us. He will depart the Red Sea for you. He will create a way where there seems that there is no way. He will raise a standard, and he will feed you, and he will make the crooked path straight, and he will give you a vision, and he'll give you a purpose in your life. He'll do something for you. Don't think that you're just coming to church for nothing else. He will stir something inside of you. And you'll bring something alive inside of you that you thought was once dead. See, we may not feel him, and he's, but he's there. We may not see him, but he's working. Is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about? Is there anyone here that, that you're in a situation that wasn't supposed to work in your favor, but you decided to show up, and the odds were against you, but you decided to show up? You probably didn't want to show up tonight, but you decided to show up. There is something that happens when someone decides to show up. There's something about, there's something about someone that just shows up, man. They may, they, you know what, their face, they may be struggling. Their face may be mad. You may have to say, hey, can you tell your face that you're happy? And they may be struggling. They may, not, they may not look the great, the best, man. But you know what, they're here. They're at their post. Man, there's an usher in our church, man. He's He's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> literally i just get it but man he's a servant he's a servant he's cleaning all our windows he's right there serving he's an usher he's moving the tables he's moving the pulpit he's doing what he's supposed to do and you know what he's going through some stuff mentally the ma- the battle of the mind but he's at his postman and every time i see him it's encouraging every time i'm going through something every time that i don't want to do something i look at him man, and you don't even know it but he's encouraging me every there's something about something that when someone shows up It encourages other people. You being here encourages someone that you don't even think it's encouraging. You showing up makes a difference. Don't think you don't make a difference. Just by showing up, things happen. Right? I want you to understand that, that you showing up makes a difference in the house of the Lord. When you don't show up, that's, you know when, you know that showing, that not coming to church is, is not a sin. It's simply a missed opportunity though. Because it could have been the service that God was going to deliver you from something. It's the service that your kids were going to come to. It was the service that you were going to get your breakthrough. That's why I don't like to miss church. Unless I'm on vacation, investing in my family. But other than that, I'm in the house of the Lord. Not because I'll get rebuked for not being there. In fact, I won't even get rebuked. But I'm there because I want to. I'm there because I want to meet people, because I want to greet people. I'm there because I love my church. I love the people. And I don't want to miss on any opportunity that God has for me. How about you tonight? Already you already defy the odds by being here in the house of the Lord in today's society. When they tell you that they don't need God, no one needs God, and and, and churches for the weak folk, and and if you're scared, go to church, and and this, guess what? I did, I was scared, I was scared for my life. I didn't, because I I was going to face life, and and a hardcore gang member, man, was stuck in a place of solitude where I was afraid, and guess what? I needed Jesus, and when no one else can come through, when my mother couldn't come through, when my girlfriend couldn't come through, when no one else could come through, my God, the heaven, the creator, 
creator of the heavens and the earth came through for me. And I want you to know that God can use you. If God can use an individual like me, man, God can use you. God, if God can give me a purpose, if God can give me a calling, he can give you a purpose. He can give you a calling. Why? Because we serve a God that's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We serve a God that saves. We serve a God that gives you breakthroughs and gives you miracles in your life. You got to stand up. You got to believe that. You got to have your faith. You got to activate that thing. There has to be a chemistry between you and God, or between your spirit and the spirit of the Lord. There's something that happens when you're at your end of your road, when you went and tried everything you could, man, and you're still trying your way, and you're still doing this, and you're still, but there's something when you allow God to take the driver's seat, and you let him drive your life, and when he's the center of everything, then things begin to happen. When Jesus is in control. See, through this process, Jesus was still in control of Elijah's life. We may not feel him at times, but I want you to know that we serve a God that's there every single day. He don't sleep. He don't clock out. Me and you sleep. Me and you clock out. See, we have to be people that show up every single time to be at work. Hello, somebody. If you have a job, please show up. Be on time. Have integrity. Be the father that God has called you. Be that mother that God has called you. The husbands, the wives, be men and women of God. No one taught us. A lot of us, no one taught us to be husbands. No one taught us to be fathers. But I want you to know that we have pastors, we have leaders, and we have the Bible that can direct us and help us with the leading of the Holy Spirit to be people that transform and be impactful in people's lives. Look to the person next and say, show up. And lastly, is that not only not only is there a process, not only will God meet your need, but he always will strengthen you. In verse 18, it says, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to bow and whose mouths have not kissed him. In the midst of everything, in the midst of, 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 of Jezebel and Ahab and all these people pursuing Elijah and, and the time where God, where Elijah laid down to die because he thought he couldn't make it anymore because he didn't want to serve anymore because of his issues of life and his trials. God came to him and he says, listen, I have reserved a crowd. I have reserved an army for you. They have not bowed down to the to the the worship to worship bow or to kiss the feet. To in other words, that I got your back. He's saying, pretty much. I want you to know that God got your back. Can I get an amen? Have you ever been let down? Yes or no? Don't lie. You're in the church. How many times have people let us down? Huh? How many times have people backstabbed you? Don't point them out. Don't point them out right now, guys. How many times? How many times have you been burned? I want you to know that our God doesn't do that. Our God got our back all the way to the end. The Bible says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the pioneer. Can I get an amen? God doesn't take, God does not take to subtract. 
he takes to add. There's certain things that you feel that you're a failure. There's certain things that, that you, within the world life, man, you might have lost. But I want you to know that God doesn't take to subtract from you. He takes to add. If there's something that you're missing, it's simply because God says that you don't need it. And if there's something that he takes, the Bible says that he'll take us from glory to glory to glory. All this time that we've been thinking that we were never going to amount to nothing, God has been building something. The Bible says that he'll take you from glory to glory. The Bible says that he'll set a table in the presence of your enemy. The Bible says that he'll make your enemies your footstool. Though things may be happening to the left and to the right of you, by all means, nothing should ever harm you. Elijah was not only going through his process, God met his need and was reminded and strengthened by the Lord to continue the mission and the task that was at hand to begin with. Right? We have a task. It's to what? Reach treasures out of darkness around the world. To take the inner cities, impact the inner cities around the world. Not just Inglewood, but across the world. Different places that, that, that also that in a worse condition than we were. You may just find yourself in another country. You may just find yourself pastoring a different church in a different city. And you may not believe and that's fine. But just keep showing up. As the worship comes up, amen. The Bible says in Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, many men and women of the Bible had something in common. They showed up. God gave them the victory over situations they were facing on many occasions. We have to be a church of action, a church of production, a church that shows up every single time. When do we lose the battle? When do we lose the fight? It's simply when we decide not to show up into the middle of the ring. I want you to know, Inglewood, as we stand, that God loves you. God loves this church. God loves your pastors. God has a plan for you to take you from another, to another level. 2019 man is still it's still early some of us man we've already we've already broke some resolutions right losing weight right we got a gym membership some of us and I guess that's just me all right that's fine but let me tell you something God gave me an idea for my church right so I want to do a work for God but I want to do it in a style that I love and a style that I know a lot of other people love. And so what I said, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and start a fitness life group. It's, that's different. So what we're going to do is we're going to get together on Saturdays in the morning. We're going to have a devotion. And then we're going to work out. What I'm saying to this is that get out of the norm. Do something different. God can use you in a place where you love to be. I love the gym, and so do people. So I'm using that aspect to what? To preach the gospel. I have a lot of friends on Facebook that are into like uh, CrossFit, and, and they're into running and all that stuff. 
Well, I'm already getting messages saying, hey, I want to join your group. They might not even step into the church for quite some time. But see, there's a vision and a purpose for them to step in. Sooner or later, they're going to find their house themselves in the house of the Lord, worshiping and praising the name of Jesus. So I want you to know that God has a plan for you, and it's to serve in the house of God. Elijah was serving in the house of God, went through trials and went through tribulations. Does anybody ever go through something? Can, can you just, like, encourage me here and raise your hands? Okay, so I'm speaking to the right crowd. Because life sometimes is hard on, are hard on you, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? amen. As the worship sings a slow song, amen, get us into worship. I want you to lift your hands and begin to worship the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to tell God, God, I want, I want to be used by God. I want to serve in my church. I, I want to do something with my pastor, with my pastoral team. I want to be involved. I want to put my hands to the plow at another level, God. Or maybe you weren't involved yet. Maybe you don't even know what you're going to be involved in. But you just begin to pray and ask God to begin to pave the way for you. And begin to open up the doors for you to step into your calling. Come on, just lift your hands and worship the name of Jesus. As the worship sing a slow song. You are my home. 